And welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. Jack High, Mitchell Smedley at a different time than usual, but good to be here as always. Uh, we'll be live 2-4 to four for these next couple of hours. So much sports talk to get into, and I'm sitting next to, of course... Mitchell Smedley, but a very dapper Mitchell Smedley here today. We don't need to talk about that. We do not need to address it. Um, this feels retro, dude. Remember? Uh, yeah. I think it was the spring. No, no, no. What semester was it that we did our two to four show? Um, we bounced around. I think this that was, was actually the like the beginning when I started on yeah. this show. Yeah, two to four was mm-hmm. when you started. Then we moved from nine to eleven. Then now at five. We have moved all around. We've moved all over the map, dude. So. And even yeah. next semester, there'll be some change. Yeah, we got to figure that out. They better figure that out. Yeah. This Friday thing might become the usual. Yeah. Depending on how the trees shake out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, great to get into the wide world of sports with you, Jack. And you, the listener, 610-683-4058-610-683-4058. If you want to get in on anything MLB... Anything NFL, what a big matchup we have to talk about. Um, we'll recap last night's barn burner. Um, and uh, we'll probably get into some NHL as well. But uh, let's start MLB. The big big news breaking out of the, uh, out of the winter meetings this week. Jack, you want to just go right to the, to the big one? You want to just go right to it? Let's do it. The let's, heart of the issue. Let's... Juan Soto has been traded from the San Diego Padres the bankrupt San Diego Padres, to the uh, equally atrocious New York Yankees, uh, him and Trent Grisham heading over to the pinstripes in exchange for a haul of uh, major league and minor league talent. Uh, Soto with one year left on his deal before he hits free agency. New York will be uh, looking to re-sign him. But the Yankees get a one of those generational type players, uh, at least for one year, as they try to uh, revamp this team after last year's tragic failure. He now sits in a lineup with Aaron Judge. Jack, what do you make of this uh, these these Bronx guys here? What do you what do you think of this trade? Look, they're certainly gearing up. They're done playing around. Uh, it certainly looks like that's the approach. Bolster up this lineup even further uh, and sacrifice some MLB players along with the prospect, uh, you know, to go along with it. But. Uh, in terms of the the total talent that they gave up in this trade, it's not a bad one at all for the Yankees. I mean, Michael King and Drew Thorpe are probably the two more talented guys to go back to the Padres in return. King, a solid, you know, swing man. He can be. He's a good reliever, but he's also a guy who can eat up some innings. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he's going to be used in San Diego. Uh, and Thorpe's again, he's a borderline top 100 prospect. So I think a good guy to get back for the Padres, adding to a system that is filled with, I think, five top 100 prospects. And I think Thorpe is in the 90s, uh, my correction. So make it six top 100 prospects now for the Padres. Uh, They get a veteran backstop and uh, Kyle Higashioka in return. Johnny Brito, a guy who's been up and down between AAA and and, uh, the MLB over the past couple years with the Yankees. Uh, and then Randy Vasquez, a guy who's not going to really move the needle too much. Uh, but, of course, the biggest part of this deal is Soto to the Yankees. He's going to the Bronx, him and Trent Grisham. Uh, and they're really rounding out this outfield uh, beautifully now for are the Yankees. I mean, you have Judge, Verdugo, you know, Soto, and Grisham now. It's a deep outfield for the Yankees. They've certainly made this a focal point of their offseason. Uh, and 
for this one year, it's a good trade, but I think they have to resign him to make it work. Well, that's the thing, right? Is um, I, I think we have to be realistic about this deal. This doesn't make the Yankees a World Series favorite right now. In my opinion, they were way more than just a couple pieces away uh, last year. They had a total collapse from within. They need to revamp that. That roster, I think this is a great start, and it only works, like you said, if they re-sign him long-term. On the flip side, I mean, what a tragedy for San Diego. Assembling that super team, right? Soto, Machado, uh, Bell. Who's the other superstar that I'm leaving out of there, uh, of that lineup? Um, who was their, uh, I don't know, I'll think of it. They, they had some, some major talent in that lineup, though, uh, especially back in 2022. They had such a talented roster. Uh, they put so much into these, into that team, and uh, it it fell apart. Um, even with the the pitching dynamic they had of Snell, Darvish, um, uh, who's the third Musgrove? Guy? Musgrove, yeah, shiny ears. Uh, they had such a, a talented team, and it's it's all going up in flames. You know, Blake Snell is uh, seeking a, a contract here, um, and now Soto's been traded, and you know it's just all falling apart for the the Padres and. Oh, yeah, it's the uh, the shortstop. That's the guy I couldn't think Bogarts? of. No, 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 no. Well, actually, yes, him too, but uh, no, the um, Tatis. Oh, couldn't yeah. think of Tatis, right? They had some major dudes on this team. And they still have was, some guys. Right, they do, but it's it's uh, it's becoming sort of a fire sale, uh, I think, is, is where it's heading. I think this team is in great decline. They never moved past the championship series. They only got one win in that one championship series Appearance, I think the Padres was a, a failed failed experiment, and we're seeing it with the Soto deal now, getting uh, rid of him one year before the end of his contract. Thoughts? I saw this one coming. Uh, I think it was pretty clear for a lot of people to see this move coming. Sure. Uh, picked up a lot of intensification over the past couple of days before it officially got announced. Um, the Yankees were in market to make a big move. The Padres wanted to get rid of Soto just because – I mean, just not because – I can't talk right now – not just because they weren't going to extend him, but because of his heavy, heavy arbitration cost that mm-hmm. he's bringing into this year. That's why the Padres made this move now, not compared to the trade deadline. Um, but, yeah, rather slim pickings in return, uh, I think, for San Diego. Again, well, you're only getting them for one year, right? So. Yeah. So service level is not horrible that you're only getting them for one year. But if the Yankees are able to get a, a massive contract extension done, then it looks yep. a little bit worse. This is this is what the Yankees are are getting him for right it's kind of like the not free trial but the sort of little um trying to convince him period like the advertising this is the trailer hey you'll want to play in new york for the next however many years trust us and here's why and you're going to see it for this year uh it's, it's kind of like a, an audition for the yankees so to speak to, to sign juan soto to a a longer term deal by the way speaking of big moves i have a gut feeling that uh, we will get to break live on air probably the biggest move of uh, the offseason or, or really any offseason for uh, many seasons here. Ah, I, think, I, think, I know what you're talking about. I think we'll get to break some major news on this show. Just a hunch. I hear that on the, the decision on this is close. Show? On this show. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> on this show. Hey, that might be great. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I heard that a, a certain decision could be uh, made today, and it would seem that the afternoon would be that time. Wonder so. who he's referencing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we got to get to a KUR notebook, though, don't we? We do. From the KUR notebook, attention KU community. One KUR at your event, no problem. Go to www.kutstown.edu forward slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. 
Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back into it. Hour number one. We were talking all things MLB. Uh, the aftermath of the winter meetings, which were a little bit more quiet this year um, than in years past. And it was kind of a shame. I was getting a little bit excited because usually the winter, mo- winter meetings bring about big moves. Uh, and this is really the only one that came to fruition uh, with the Soto trade. So I, I was a little bit disappointed. There's a uh, reason for that, though. Uh, the there's, Met- there's some gridlock at the top yeah. with the these top few players, Yamamoto, Otani, right, and they're going to set the market for the rest, yeah, right, and that's that's what every all the players are waiting on. Scott Boris isn't having any of his guys make any signings until the market is set. Uh, so I think once you see those couple dominoes fall, uh, it, it's going to start catching like wildfire, and uh, teams and players are going to rush to make some deals here. Um, I, I would say this upcoming week is going to be the the huge week of of signings for the MLB. We shall find out. Couple big moves already, though. I mean. Think about it. Aaron Nola signing with the Phillies. Like, he was a free agent. Like, that technically is a big signing. You know, he was out the door, and now he's back in. That's a seven-year deal. You got the, the Soto deal. There's been some big moves so far. There's been some smaller ones. Smaller ones as well. We got a couple of those this week. Any tickle your fancy particularly? Uh, what? Any of the, the smaller moves that we saw this week. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just looking at the Yankees trade for Verdugo, uh, where they gave up three pitchers in return to the Red Sox. Rare you see a Yankee-Red Sox trade. Uh, but that yeah, is what like happened seven here. Seven in the last like sixty years or something. Yeah, Verdugo to the uh, Verdugo from the Sox to the Yanks uh, in return. Uh, Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judas. Uh, the um, that's a crazy name. Or maybe it's Judice. J U D I C E. Probably Judice. I think that's Judas or Judas. I don't know. Eh, gonna go with Judas. Roll roll with the gut. Uh, but those three pitchers. Um, going back, did you just say I'm going to go with Judas life on air? <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> Out of context, that is that is horrible. Fantastic. Oh man! That All is right, not what he meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But those are the three pitchers in return to the Red Sox uh, with Verdugo going to the Yankees. Uh, so that's it for news pertaining to the Bronx Bombers. Um, just some Mets tidbits. They got a couple of minor relievers. Uh, Michael Tonkin coming over from the Braves to the Mets to be kind of our middle inning swingman. Uh, a couple of guys with some uh, minor league contracts with spring training invitationals. Cole Sulcer, Austin Adams in the bullpen. Uh, David Stearns, I think, just making an emphasis of, t- you know, tying up the the edges of this Mets roster, if you will. Um, with some moves, and Jorge Lopez was signed as a reliever today. One year, $2 million, uh to the Mets. Um, so they're definitely attacking the bullpen early in the offseason. Good for you. The Phillies have sat on their big, beautiful hands and done nothing since the NOLA signing. There was one interesting sequence of events on Wednesday afternoon. I'm not sure if you caught this. Um, oh, I know what you're talking it's, about. It's uh, Jacques Peterson mm-hmm. posted a picture of himself. What, was it him with the Fanatic yes. on his Instagram? Yes, correct. And, uh, you know, some... Some uh, personalities close to the Phillies that I follow, that, that follow the Phillies, seem to indicate that this was likely that the Phillies had, had or would sign Jock Peterson. Uh, and then a Phillies representative had to come out and say that they haven't. Uh, there was speculation that maybe they just didn't want to get overshadowed by the Soto signing, the Soto, or the Soto trade, that is, that was eminent. What do you make of the Jock Peterson situation? I think it'd be a cool fit. 
I think it'd be interesting. I don't even know if there's any smoke there. I thought I saw. I thought I thought it was a headline where it's like, yeah, there's actually not any like thing to base this off of at all. It's just an Instagram post, uh, and these teams really aren't even. Well, the team of the player aren't really even that far along. And why would he post it? All. I, I don't know. Like, like that's what I'm wondering. So, just weird. weird it's an situation. odd situation, right? I don't know if we've ever seen that. No, because uh, the way that we found out about the Castellanos signing. He posted a picture of him in front of, like, the Rocky statue. You know, it was, like, him in Philly. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, he's meeting with the Phillies. What's going on? And then they signed him. That was, remember that? That was, like, 11.45 at night. I think I called you at that point. I was freaking out. Yeah, I think so. Thought we were going to win the World Series. <laughs> we went to the World Series. <laughs> you did? I still can't believe that. Um, so, yeah, the Phillies, uh, I mean, Dave Dombrowski has said that they're they're not standing idly by, but they're happy where they are. I'm not happy where you are. You just lost in the in the championship series to an inferior team. I'd like to I'd like to add to this this roster. You're a bat short. Johan Rojas is not the answer. Although I I was delighted to hear uh, talking about Jake Cave. Actually, uh, Dombrowski had some quote along the lines of, "You know, we may find ourselves in a situation where Johan Rojas is no longer with us," which a sounds tragic, but b it implies to me that they're they're talking about him being a piece of a trade, which, thank God, please trade him. For some reason, everyone else in the world thinks he's valuable. I've never hated a player more. That's a lie. But I can't stand Johan Rojas in my batting order. Uh, so I'm looking for outfield depth. Unfortunately, it's been said that Mike Trout is 100% not being traded. Unfortunate. Saw that coming. Yes, I know. Let me dream. And, um, yeah, the Phillies really not in any, any leaks whatsoever. It's really been frustrating over here. So I, I don't think this team is good enough as it stands to go win a championship. Just saying. They have to add a couple pieces. They need bullpen help. I would love Hater. Haven't even heard them connected to Hater outside of Jack Heim. Oh, I read an, ath- uh, an article in The Athletic that said the Phillies were an option. I've been reading a bunch of articles. No one has them there. It's crazy. So, uh, But, yeah, they're just not really in the in the news for anyone big and it's it's so frustrating because that's been the the mo of this team the last few years right we sign harper we we get real muto right uh schwarber uh castellanos turner like the list goes on and it's like why are we stopping now we're so close we're so close dave dombrowski right now nah i don't really i don't want anything (laughs) yeah i mean it's where are the days last year of during spring training John Middleton saying, I want my damn trophy back. Well, it's not back yet. You need to do some more work here. And I don't think it's his trophy. <laughs> By the Considering way. you've won two in the franchise's history, um, and only one, what, I think only one under his ownership, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. By the way, I think Philly's ownership has the best couple of names in the business. John Middleton and Stan Middleman. I swear to God. Like that, dude, those are the best names of all time. How do you even time. get that name, Middleman? Stan Middleman. I don't know. That's crazy. What a weird name. Um, I did bring up the Mets. One thing I forgot to mention. Uh, they, they suck. Are, they are at the forefront of the uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto race. Yeah, boy. Um, right there with the Yankees, the Giants, uh, and, and a couple of other teams who are in the mix. Uh, but reports have it that it might be down to the Mets and Yankees. Possibly. I don't know how factual that is. You know, people around this time of year love to. Put out things that are misleading uh, because it's all about getting it out first in today's day and age. It's a different 
different conversation for a different time. Well, I there's digress. that, but there's also the. I've I've watched a couple documentaries about this. Like the agents purposefully leak certain things about a team that might not even be involved at all to get the team that they are investing in, like that they are thinking about. Yeah, to up the off. It's all it's all, it's all a money. business, right? Yeah, it's so all a game. It's all politics and everything. It's really interesting how much goes into this uh, that the public then hears. But uh, that's why I never believe mystery teams ever. If I see an article, like a headline, it's like, oh, well, two mystery teams are involved. I saw player. one for you that. For Yamamoto. Yeah, I and saw that. And I'm like, that. don't believe that at all. I don't care. This, there's no way that it's just two mystery teams coming into the fold. It's just off the offer. It's, it's just a game. I exactly. Think. Yep. I, I would love for the Phillies to be in on them. It doesn't seem like they are. Uh, I can't remember. What's the other guy's name? The other pitcher on the oh, market? Imanaga. Imanaga. Yeah, I would like for them to go sign him. A uh, little lower price tag than uh, Yamamoto. Uh, I think they can get that done. But they uh, they don't seem to want to do anything, so they're fine with Christopher Sanchez being their number five and Tywan Walker being their good. number four. He was good for them last year. Oh, great. He's not going to sustain it, right? Remember when we thought Bailey Falter was good? Yeah. Yeah. No one thought that ever. Uh, no. We... <laughs> who, who thought that? Not me. No, but there was there was articles written of like, uh, in the Phillies rotation, you know, Christopher Sanchez is a, is a developing piece and, and Bailey Falter gets better every time he picks up a baseball. <laughs> It's like, well, he's got the bar set really low, so I guess so. But uh, um, I mean, I mean, he was involved with one of the most like counter. Like, there was no productivity in the trade that involved him. Yeah, <laughs> like Fulton to the Pirates and Rodolfo Castro to the Phillies, like a, just a trade that did nothing for either team. No, it didn't. I, I mean, talk about not moving the needle. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, I'll never forget when we I was first excited. talked about that trade. <laughs> I was you were excited. like, yeah, this Castro guy coming over for the Pirates, he seems like he could be pretty good. The Kevin Long effect is going to take full shape, and this guy's going to become a stud. I'm like, do you understand okay, that that buddy. was at the height of the Trey Turner is absolutely atrocious? I thought they were, I thought they just found his replacement. To tell you the truth, <laughs> I thought they found the Trey Turner. Rodolfo Castro becoming the Phillies' everyday shortstop. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Do you remember that month where uh, Edmundo Sosa was doing like not just better, like far better than Trey Turner? Well, Do you yeah, remember that? Like Trey Turner couldn't hit a high fastball to save his life. Yeah, but he also couldn't field. And and like Edmundo would come in on his days off. I I remember this game so vividly. It was like the peak of the Turner frustration. And uh, <laughs> seventh inning, Edmundo Sosa on Turner's day off. This is I think this was like right after the. Uh, um, no, this was before the, uh, yeah, I lost us the game situation. Um, but this is at like the peak of it. And Edmundo Sosa hits a two run game winning home run in the seventh inning. Um, and also made like a great, like double play at, th- at a shortstop. It, w- it was like, <laughs> and the articles the next day, should the Phillies consider making Edmundo Sosa the everyday shortstop? Oh, that was so painful. All right. This will take us to our first break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll keep it to a guy who was with the Phillies but is moving on to potentially greener pastures. Oh. We'll talk about all that and more when we come back here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, rocking with you on Heavy Hitters. This sounds like something you'd hear in, like, do you know the Netflix show Lucifer? Uh, yes. Dude, this sounds exactly like something you'd hear in Lucifer. This also feels like something like a cheesy high school kid would use, like, CapCut to make, like, sports edit. <laughs> you see that's like, the background music? Oh, man. Oh, like, man. one of those sports edit pages on, like, Instagram or whatever? Are you busy Saturday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> My God. 
We're just dissing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it's in the basket. I had you crying right before. That the was show. so funny, dude. Thank you. Was, by the way, you like the you like the Phillies uh, drip? I don't like it, but for what you're wearing, it's fitting. It's a yeah. good tie. It's a good tie for for you. you know what you got going on there, but. You know, it's the only tie I have, which uh, <laughs> it was painful, right? So the uh, Phillies lost on a Tuesday, and uh, Sunday came around. I had to put this on. Mm-hmm. That was not a good week for Mitchie. Yeah, but a little bit of womp womp action going on there. Yeah, but anyways, do you want to turn to the man that was in emergency camp and never got to show his face again? <sighs> this is so sad. Where's he going to go, Jack? Wait, what? Reese Hoskins, where's he oh, going? Oh, that's not what I was talking about. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I was talking about Craig Kimbrell. Oh, signing, thank God, get so, out! Signing <laughs> a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal to go to the Baltimore Orioles. I think it's a good move for Baltimore. To uh, quote Alex K. See ya. <laughs> Just get out. Not Alex K. Alex K. Michael K. <laughs> is it is it bad that I also in my head was thinking Michael Rodriguez? <laughs> Anyway. Oh, man. It's Friday, right? And, Dude, yes. it's the finals, like, vibe is, like, throwing me off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. It's that, uh, this feels like, so the weird thing about college is we get that sort of feeling that you get in, like, the last three weeks of high school, like, every semester. Do you yeah. remember the last three weeks of high school? Yeah. Everyone, like, actually liked each other, which was weird because you spent four years, like, oh, we don't like them. They sit over there. You know, and then, like, everyone's, like, Dancing in the hallways like it was actually Never high school that. musical? Ah. Because I was... Maybe it was the, just me. I was the COVID year. Oh. So we got shut down in March. And wow, you didn't get that feeling. Yeah, never got that. Wow. I, I, just, I just didn't know what that was like. That's crazy, so, dude. Yeah, my sister, yeah. like, the last... Like, Graduated online. They did a... Uh, the whole thing. Anything but a yards. backpack day. My sister brought a shopping cart <laughs> that she totally legally obtained. Uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. But, uh, dude, high school, like, those those final weeks are weird, you know? It is. Teachers don't teach, but you still got to go to school. Yeah. I feel like everyone would bring in, like, food. You just kept eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a never-ending cycle it's of like eating. like a never-ending cycle of eating. There were sodas, like, everywhere. Like, they just kept appearing, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you go to a party, like, people put, like, cups in your hand, right? You would just be walking through school, and there's, like, a can of Coca-Cola in your hand. It's weird. So It's a weird time. Love 610-683-4058. This is a sports talk show, and we've turned it to talking about the final weeks of high school. Let's that's get what it back. feels like right now. I'm off my game. So <laughs> Let's get back into some baseball talk here. We mentioned Kimbrell to the O's. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell can have mm. a jolly old time in the Baltimore Orioles with their fans that scare trumpet players. Uh, well, the Orioles have seemed to have their finger right on the button with the with the bullpen moves and getting the bullpen right of last couple yeah. years. I mean, finding Felix Bautista and getting him to be as good as he is. You near can know this past year. I mean, they've just had guys who've been incredible in that bullpen. Well, they needed the Kimbrel signing with the injury. Right? They did, yeah. They needed so. somebody else at the back end along with Cano. So it was a good move. Uh, in 2023, Kimbrell pitched to a 3.26 ERA, had 23 he saves, an all-star, and 69 Damn. innings pitched with a 1.8 WAR <laughs> was his stat line for the Phils. And he and he flunked the season for us. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for playing. Game four, Craig Kimbrell masterclass. Game three and four, Craig Kimbrell masterclass. I'm so happy I was on a plane for game three. Game four was uh, just unacceptable, dude. Kirkering also pitched in. Was that game three? That was game three. Okay. I'm not a Phillies fan, so. It's just so, st- like, why are we happy with this bullpen? 
Like, we lost a guy, and we're like, yeah, it's perfect. It's like, Kirk, we don't know what he is. Uh, I guarantee you that Jeff Hoffman is not going to be as good at all. Like, he was like a flash-in-the-pan sort of thing. I don't know. It's never a good thing when a pitcher throws, like, 80% of one pitch. Nope. Because if it gets figured out, 80% of your pitches are getting hit out of the ballpark. And guess what? It's the MOB. It will get figured out. Exactly. That's how this thing works. We need a big back-end arm. I think Hater just makes all the it sense It makes in the world. every bit of sense, but no one's talking about it. Because the Phillies don't want to go out and do anything because they're lazy. Which, believe me, I get I'm lazy myself. But I don't own a baseball team. All right. Two more signings I had on the docket. Uh, Jamer Candelario signing with the Reds three years, $45 million. A weird move for me. Yeah. I mean, not just because it isn't like a crazy big move. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, this is an infield that's practically filled up. Yeah. You know, they have Jonathan India, have some young guys with Christian Encarnacion Strand, Noel V. Marte coming through the system. Well, there's been Ellie recent, De La Cruz. There's been recent discussion of them parting ways with, like, India. Yeah, I did see that, which would be interesting. It would make sense, but I don't It know. would. Still weird. Uh, but for Candelario splitting his 2023 campaign with the Nats and the Cubs, uh, 251 batting average, 807 OPS with a 2.9 war, 22 home runs to 70 RBIs uh, was the sat line for the veteran um, utility infielder. Yep. So can play all over the infield. Third base, second, a uh, little bit short in a pinch, but not really where you want them. I almost just had a heart attack. <laughs> I could tell. Oh, um, my. Anyway. What are your thoughts on Candelaria to the Reds? Uh, like you said, it's a weird move. Um, it's not what they need. This is a team who needs pitching. No, they need they, – exactly. I was going to say they needed pitching. They don't need to address the infield. Um, I think the Reds are still in transition mode, right? But they – look, they have some some great um, pieces that they're, they're developing here, right? Um, I mean, obviously, the uh, De, uh, De La Cruz and – uh, I love McLean, by the way, as well. Yes. Oh my goodness, I forgot about Matt McLean. He's a stud. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I, he, he is the key piece that infield. I agree. I would say he's better than Ellie De La Cruz. One could argue. I, I looked at his numbers like, I don't know, late August, and he had better numbers than Ellie De La. Cruz. I'll never forget the game he had. Remember in Colorado when he went like four for four with like four extra base hits? Yes. Yeah, he's a stud. I love Matt McLean. Uh, what's he? Shortstop. Yeah, yeah. Shortstop slash second base. Yeah. So, but I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy the infield talent this happened. We didn't even talk about the draft lottery yet. Yeah, we didn't. The, Speaking uh, of the Reds, uh, they lucked out. Yeah. I mean, it already stacked stacked minor leagues. I mean, these still have a couple of prospects who are highly touted coming through the ranks, and they just got the second overall pick. Yep. Right behind the Guardians. How about that? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Stand up, Ohio. <laughs> I was rigging it. Yeah. <laughs> Only in Ohio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yes, congratulations to them. Guardians and the Reds get the top two picks in the draft, respectively. And the, and the, the thing that this Reds minor league and, and young talent is showing you is they know how to make the most of that second overall pick, right? They can really pick the right guy, develop him well, and, and put out a great major league product from their own farm system. Really impressive what Cincinnati's doing. And I want to say sorry to all of the Athletics, the Royals, and the Rockies <laughs> who shared the equal odds to get the top pick in the draft. And none of them finished inside the top uh, two. That's I think, funny. I think 
Colorado was three. They finished the highest. Wow. Then Kansas City was six, and Oof. the A's got fourth. Gotcha. If I'm remembering correctly. Let me let me fact check myself here. Yeah, we don't want any disinformation. Is it, see, is that dis or misinformation? So I get them confused. I, I think noticed. dis is unintentionally spreading like, lies. No, I think misinformed is like, oh, I was uh, misinformed. Like, it's just wrong. But disinform, I'm trying to disinform you. Like, I was right. I mean, come on now. Did I really have to fact check myself? I knew I was right about yeah, that. I watched you're the, always right, I watched buddy. the reveal. Look at you. <laughs> you have way more patience than I do. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, it's one thing to, like, watch a yeah, draft. It's only because the Mets had a chance in the top. Uh, were projected seventh, but they fell out. Oh, so what'd they get? 19th. <laughs> Phillies are 27th. Yeah. <laughs> Phillies are 27th. That's great. I can't wait for Aiden Miller. Have I mentioned that before? You have. I have. Uh, I hate Justin Crawford, by the way. Uh, you've mentioned that like a dozen like times he's on like, the show. He's like just more annoying Johan Rojas. Because I have to hear about him for years on end and then watch him fail in the exact same way because he doesn't have any power. It's okay. All right. One last big signing that broke over the last couple of days since our Monday show. Eduardo Rodriguez adding some pitching depth and bolstering. That Diamondbacks rotation. He's going to the desert. Four years, $80 million. Had a bounce-back year with the Tigers a year ago. Uh, pitched to a 13-9 record, 3.3 ERA, 3.5 war in 26 starts, 152 and two-thirds innings pitched for the Tigers' ace from a year ago. A pretty good deal for the Diamondbacks, too. Great deal you for know, the You know, you look at the pitching market, especially, you know, developing over the past couple of years this guy's only getting two more million a year than taiwan walker is thanks sorry i just just appreciate that one no but it makes perfect sense right this was uh kind of the weakness of the of the diamondbacks they were throwing bullpen games in the playoffs yeah Uh, now you can add him down to the four yeah you add in uh gallon kelly uh rodriguez uh and and fought that's it, a really good top four. That's a of the great top four, man. That's one of the best in the league. Uh, the Diamondbacks, I think, have sit, uh, put themselves in a great position, not just because of what they did last year, but I think this is going to be a team who's contending for years to come in the NL. Yep. As long as their their bats can can maintain the success they found last year, uh, this is going to be a really uh, really good team for a while. So, I mean, the Dodgers are trying to bolster up again. Uh, and the, the Padres are in are in dysfunction. It might be a two-horse race, and the Diamondbacks might come out on top a few years here. They could, yeah. Very well will be towards the top of that NL West in my mind. Plus, you know, we didn't even mention how good the bullpen still is. I mean, they, they have Seawalt, Ginkle, and, and a couple of other guys. The left, the young left-hander, Andrew Salfrank. I mean, there's guys here. I hate there's all a, of these names. These bring back PTSD, like, man. There's a lot of, of good names here, and it's, it's, it's exciting times in the desert. I mean, if you look back at 2021 with how – atrocious this team was. I mean, they were at 110 losses. It was bad. It's a lightning-fast uh, bounce back. Yeah. I mean, for them and the Rangers, right? Rangers did the same thing. Yep. So, Guys like Corbin Carroll can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that this is happening in a couple places. I think it's great for the sport to show that these basement-dwelling teams can turn it around and, and be playing in the World Series and winning the World Series and setting themselves up for years of sustained success. I think that's really exciting. That's what the goal is, right? You don't want to just be a flash-in-the-pan type of team. You want to be consistently successful. Uh, it's the name of the game, right? Actually, it's baseball is the name of the game. Okay. <sighs> why, do I even, why do I even bother? 
All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your gauge on one specific topic matter. We mentioned you have a hunch that we could be breaking some news today on a certain yeah high profile free agent. Um, where do you think that that high profile free agent goes? Because for the longest time, I thought it was the Dodgers, but I've had a I know drastic pulse switch there, and I don't think he's going to L.A. Anymore. So you don't you think he's going to that new suitor potentially, or maybe maybe sticking around with a familiar spot? <sighs> I can't see him going back to the Angels. That would be so tragic. I'm going to say, oh, man, I so badly want to jump on that trendy bandwagon. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, give me the Dodgers. I'll be, I'll be the boring one, but know that I am really thinking about, I think, what you're about to say. Where do you think he's going? I'll go Dodgers. I'm not going where you're going to say. Shohei Otani will be a San Francisco Giant come next year. And let me tell you why. Let's paint the picture and let's paint it quite clearly. Give me the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are Otani champions. Now, I feel... That, Touch them all, Shohei. That's a, You'll never set a bigger deal in your life. That's a good point. I think the Blue Jays are right at the forefront of this race, too. But let me tell you why the Giants are an intriguing option and very well could be the landing spot for Shohei. This is a team who's been in search of a big-time free agent for a couple of years <laughs> yeah, now. They struck they out, out on Judge. Time. They had the Correa thing fall through. Yeah, they had the Correa deal fall through. This is a team who's been looking to spend money on a guy who is a big-time star in this game. Well, fine. And could could Shohei be the guy to break through and go to the Giants? I mean, it's not... Look, they don't have the most talented team, but I think it's an organization who's got the right manager in place now. I think they have a competent front office. I think this is an organization that could be trending in the right direction with just a couple of key moves, and I think Otani could be one of them. Um, But I also mentioned the Angels are a key team to watch in this race, and here's why. We have not seen a guy of Shohei's nature in this game practically ever. I mean, we saw Babe Ruth pitch at a high level for one season, uh, but then he stopped and just focused on hitting. This is a guy who's, you know, before the time of John, was a top 15 pitcher in the game and a top 15 hitter in the game. Uh, You could argue he's higher in both respective categories it's gotta but be at least top 10 i would yeah i'm just playing it safe top 15 whatever it's i i would agree that he's top 10 that's not important to this conversation now you talk about routine and regimen and organizational familiarity with a player how the how he trains how he you know works out in the offseason and everything that goes into it preparing a player to be best suited to succeed year in and year out and especially when you're going to be signing what's more than likely a longer term deal You need to know the player. And I think for the Angels, that's such an advantage. They know how Shohei has to prepare to be playing at the highest level. I think that's a big point that not a lot of people are talking about. I don't think that And I don't know if that's the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying that's definitively why the Angels are going to get him back. But if he does go back, that's going to be a huge reason why. I think out of the three teams not named the Dodgers in this race, I think Toronto gives him the best chance to win quickly. Yes. I think it puts him at the forefront of the game uh, even more so. Uh, he's playing alongside other superstars up in Toronto. Um, I think that's enticing to Shohei, and they, they seem to be very willing to spend the money on him. So did you see that desperate uh, TV anchor up in Toronto, by the way? No, I did <laughs> was not. Ta- oh, there's a video of him talking directly to Shohei. <laughs> oh, man, it's so funny. you got to look it up. I will. Uh, but that will take us to our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we will shift our focus, rounding out the MLB discussion, and get right into the nitty-gritty of the NFL, talking about Thursday night football and an ugly game between the Pats and Steelers. All that and more when we come back on Heavy Hitters. 
Back here on Heavy Hitters, hour number one, Jack on Mitchell Smedley. He's jamming out. He's also looking incredibly fancy. Thank you. Here's your one chance, fancy out. When you stroll, when you meandered into the studio about eight minutes before the start of the show, I did do that. Um, I I was not expecting you to be dressed up in fancy attire. I was expecting to see you in like a like the Philly like the Eagle zip up thing that you usually wear. Like uh, yeah, yeah, like or something to that accord. Right? I get you, but that's not, not what so. I received. That's not no. what I received. Uh, as long as I got my suit and tie. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, you're looking fancy. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I I kind of like dressing in fancier clothes. Like it just I makes hate me, it really. I, uh, I want to yeah. cry every time. <laughs> okay, I can understand. I hate it. So um, why can you understand? I, I don't know. Like, I I just hear both sides of the argument. I just feel constrained. Yeah, I you know. No, yeah, I get that. So I don't know. I do. I do feel like. You feel official, Walking right? around, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you feel professional. <laughs> like, like, I'm better than like, you. Yeah, you just want to, like, strut, you know? You know? Yeah, I'm going to go, like, meddle in foreign affairs or something. <laughs> meddle in foreign <laughs> affairs? Yeah. That's <laughs> what I feel like. <laughs> That's what wearing dress clothes makes you think of? Yes. Meddling in foreign affairs. Oh, my. All right. Going to go, you know, start some propaganda or something, right? Oh I have goodness. a meeting. Like, okay. Like, I can't hear someone say, yeah, I have a meeting, and, and not think that they're a pretentious piece of you-know-what. <laughs> you know? Am I the only one here? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we have we have a certain KUR member that always has a meeting to go to. <laughs> it's never like a gathering with friends. It's always, I have a meeting. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like 10 at night. He's like, I got a meeting. Oh, my. What are you doing? Anyways. All right. So dress clothes are great. Um... Any other? I, I got I nothing think, on MLB. I'm, I think I'm, Reese Hoskins is going to be a Cub. I agree. Which I, I said that. I said I that totally hate. I know. I know. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. My goodness. I'm, I'm just talking loudly. I'm talking towards you. <laughs> um, are you talking to me? Are you t- <laughs> take a look at the oranges. Um, I don't. I, I am so frustrated with this Philly scene. Like, make a big time move. Uh, 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 uh. Um, you need to make a big move. I'm, I'm, I need this needle to be moved because right now the needle is on F for failure. Okay, we need to, we need to. Uh, I want to get bored of winning. Um, <laughs> the needle is on F for failure. The needle is on F for failure. Move the needle. Interesting. That's my official statement. All right. Um, Smedley's press release has been has been made. Smedley's press release in the last three minutes includes I I feel like I'm going to go meddle in foreign affairs, and the needle is on F for failure. Great references, by the way. Thank you. Um, all right, uh, we're we're, we're done with MLB here. We're going to move on to some NFL talk. Let's start with Thursday night football with the Patriots and the Steelers in a game a matchup that, that used to be like incredible. Yeah, I'll never forget 2017. By the oh way. man, oh man. Was that, that the Juju Smith-Schuster breakout game? That was the game, yeah. So Brady and Gronk score a late touchdown. They go for two, they get it. Um, Smith-Schuster running up the right side. So left they're side. up by four Yeah, uh, with like 45 seconds left. And then Big Ben finds Juju for a huge play down the sideline. Like he slips a tackle, yep. gets all the way down to the 10-yard line, uh, sets them up with great position. Then Roethlisberger finds Jesse James in the middle, catches it, turns, reaches the football to the goal line, um, and what appears to be a touchdown gets overturned with a ridiculous call. Um, Steelers get robbed. Next play, Big Ben throws an interception. The game's over. Um, 
And that that was all she wrote. Uh, the Pats got the one seed that year. I believe they meant the AFC title game. The Steelers got waxed. Um, so unfortunate. Somehow my foreign affairs quote has made its way into our quotes channel. Mm. <laughs> that's that's great. Yes. Um, yeah, and then the funny thing about that was the Zach Ertz oh, play in the Super Bowl. What? Yeah, the same thing. The same thing happens. And well, no, it was different. That ball never hit the ground. He he bobbled it. It went over his body, and he caught it on his other side. That ball never hit hit the ground. So I don't know what the what the argument was in that game, right? It, you, you just have to cross the goal line, right? But what I'm saying is, Ertz's ball never even he never even dropped it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it never dropped. So, uh, but then, yeah, Al Michaels and Ertz is in the end zone. And all you, all you can think back to now is that Jesse James play. Yeah. And uh, what was the Cowboys one? The uh, Oh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, yeah. Which, that was years the ago. only time I'll sympathize with the Cowboys is they got that call nope, wrong. Nope, don't care. <laughs> <So>. You guys suck. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, so let's Patriots, they uh, jumped out to an 11-point lead at halftime. It was 21-10. to 10. Patriots would not score again, but it was enough. Uh, the Steelers scored one touchdown in the second half, a two-point conversion, brought your final score to 21-18. Patriots get their third win of the year. Yep. And, uh, man, that really that was a must-have-it win for the, the Steelers in this playoff race, right? Um, now coming off, what is it, two straight losses? Correct. And, to the Cardinals uh, and the Patriots. Yeah, Cardinals and Patriots. And this team, I mean... Was Matt Canada the lifeblood of the, of the, um, give me a break of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Please stop. They look like a shell of their former I mean, selves is, without them. This is horrible. I, I need to stop hearing this mere <laughs> lunacy. What out it of your is, mouth. man? I'm just looking at the facts. Look, you know what the facts are. Mike Tomlin should be on the hot seat. That's what the he facts. Been gone are. years ago. Sorry, this is absurd. Um, and all I could think of is the Jesse Pinkman meme. He can't. You're going to say the Jesse away. James play. <laughs> Keep getting away with it. He can't this. keep getting away with it. <laughs> the guy has done nothing. He's won one Super Bowl in his time in Pittsburgh. I don't care about the above 500 streak. It means nothing to me. It's the most overrated and the most overblown coaching statistic in the sport of football. He doesn't win playoff games, hasn't won a playoff game in years. I think 2017 was the last time they actually won a playoff game. Um, yeah, they've been getting blitzed. I mean, what, they lost to the Jags in the divisional round the next year after that? No, they lost to the Jags in the divisional round in 2017. Oh, yeah, so that was 20... Yeah, yeah, because the Steelers didn't get the first round by. Right. They beat... Um, who did they beat that year? Like, what? they were the two, so they played in the... Cause no, it wasn't the, the at that playoff. time, at that, at that the, time the two playoff. did get a bye. Were they the two that year? Because the two would have gotten a bye. Like the Vikings. Um, mm. I thought the Jags had the bye. Or wait, no, was that game in Pittsburgh? It was in Pittsburgh, yeah. Oh, yeah, then because they had the a Because the Jags beat the Bills at home 10-3. Yes. I think Jalen Rams got a pick six to win them that game. So, And then they went up to Pittsburgh and put up like 48 points. It was points. 45-42 was the final of that game. Yeah. It was a shootout. And they should have the beat the Patriots, won. but yeah. they couldn't. So, I mean, oh my goodness. Bad yeah, memories. so the, the enough, Steelers enough. haven't won a playoff game since at least 2016. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about that. That's tragic. When you think about it. I digress. Such a storied franchise uh, on the verge of going a decade without a playoff win. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but thank you to Deontay Johnson. You did what you had to do for me. Um, in my big fantasy league, I'm dealing with injury problems. One might call it uh, big league. Tank Dell and Christian Kirk are out Ooh, for the season for L. me in fantasy. Um, so I had to start Deontay Johnson this week. 57 yards and a touchdown. Nice little 14-point performance. I'll take that. You know thank what's you crazy? Much. In my uh, 
in our KUR league, I um, spot started Z. Spots. So I I looked at the waiver wire and I I found I saw that the top suggested running back because I was starting AJ Dillon at the time <laughs> was uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm like ah he's not been that good. And then I saw oh, wait a minute oh man oh man there's been an injury in the Patriots backfield. Uh, why can't I think? Why does his name escape Ramondre me? Yeah, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, <laughs> I love saying it like that. And uh, Zeke was projected 13. He got me upwards of 20. And uh, spot start, man. A win and in for the Chicago Sunroof. And uh, <laughs> it started off Don't good. look that up. No, please. Um, any- <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, do not look that up. Do not look up what that means. <laughs> I should have stopped him when I had the chance. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. That's what the league is thinking right now. Because I look like a beast. Yeah, take a look at my roster. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Well, you lost Tank Dell. I didn't have Tank Dell in that league. Yes, you did. No, that was my big money league. The Kai has I thought you also had Tank Dell. Nah, I would have loved to have Tank Dell in this league. Tragique. My bench is like Jordan Addison, Aaron Jones, (laughs) Kenneth Walker, uh, and Derek Carr. I know. He started Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we have a message for the KU notebook. Attention to KU students. Yippee. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutstown.edu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. Again, you can stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following them on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding out hour number one, talking all things NFL. We talked about um, our fantasy team situations. We've talked about... The Patriots and the Steelers loosely. Uh, the Steelers' offense is still atrocious. We more kind of talked about the recent history of the Steelers. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. It They're is an terrible. awful team, which I love. They're, They're so terrible. Mitch Trubisky, certified bum. Yeah. Um, Remember he had 12 wins in 2018? Somehow, some way. Um, oh, it hits the upright again! Chicago defense, That's a masterclass. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. They were a really good defense that year. That was yeah. like the Khalil... Uh, Khalil Mack, Mack yeah, Khalil Mack. Smith just coming into the league. Or was he on that team? I think so. And that was after yeah. they lost to the Packers in week one, right? After they were up by like 21. Yeah, Rodgers goes off hurt, on the stretcher. And then he comes back and just beats him in half. Randall Cobb is just running free down the middle of the field for a touchdown to yeah. tie the game. His career is pretty much over. Yeah. Just because he's washed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Minka Fitzpatrick called out uh, Steelers players, I believe, for uh, their work ethic. Um, so that's never a good thing. Yep. We also have to. Uh, I don't have anything else on this game, by the way. Do you? Um, Bailey Zappi, good performance. I mean, he was efficient. Nineteen yep. of twenty-eight, two forty-three touchdowns. Good uh, first half. Hunter Henry cashed in twice. So look at that. Good for him. And Zeke turned back the clock with sixty-eight rushing yards and seventy-two receiving yards. That felt great. Zeke. And then Juju with four for ninety in his return to Pittsburgh. Well, no, I think he played with the Chiefs there before. So, uh, but with New England, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good first half for the, uh, Patriots able to salt the game away in the second half. Congrats to them. I also wanted to talk about, uh, we were, we were severely wrong about the Monday night football game, which we haven't talked about. We were. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were about as wrong as you could be. How about Jake Browning, man? How about that? What a story. Um, just looked really comfortable, looked really poised and looked focused. 
Guess it's a great time to be a Washington Husky. Yeah, he was fitting it into every receiver. He was spreading it out. And, um, I mean, really just in the in the tight situations at the end of the football game, right? And uh, they get the overtime win. What was it, 34-31 over the Correct. Jacksonville Jaguars? The, uh, the Are the Bengals better without Joe Burrow? Uh, no. Um, yes. No, I can't stand Joe Burrow. Um, wow. Uh, the the Jags started this game off by uh, going right down the field. Uh, I believe it was ETN scoring. And uh, after that, you know, the, uh, the Bengals started to settle in. And they played right alongside. The, this was a close game all the way through. After I thought the, uh, the Bengals would get blitzed. Twas not so. In fact, they got the win. Close one. Very entertaining game all the way through. What'd you see Monday night? Besides the, uh, by the way, uh, Christian Kirk, unfortunately, uh, was a victim of this game. And Trevor Lawrence as well, right? He is also hurt. And, uh, well, the good thing for the Jags is Lawrence appeared uh, to avoid suffering a serious injury. Yep. In fact, I think there's a chance he could actually play this Sunday. Chance, but not likely. So. so. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, Kirk is uh, is out uh, was there a? I feel like there was a Bengals injury as well, but I can't remember it. But uh, um, I, I forget. Know. I forget. But yeah, would you would you see uh, that allowed Browning to be so successful? I mean, this is a, and here's a guy who. No, no, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, though, um, look, he looked comfortable from the jump, and I guess having really good playmakers around you makes it a little bit easier. But he's still gonna make the throws, and man, just to have the trust in this guy. To be poised and ready for the opportunity like Browning is, not every backup quarterback's built like that. And everything, quick throws, deep balls, like he hit it all in this game. And I could, you know, I I watched him intensely the week before when they played the Steelers. He didn't look horrible. He he just looked like he needed some time to get readjusted and resettle Mm -hmm. in. And you're seeing that, especially in this game against the Jacks. I mean, that's a huge win for them. Yeah, very keeps them afloat in the wild card race. And now with you know, you're seeing the way Browning performed. There's hope. You know, there's hope. The Bengals could still make the playoffs. And you know, still be a threat in the playoffs. People wrote them off saying, oh, yeah, this is done. I mean, they're over now that Burrow's out. But Lee Corso on College Game Day was saying, not so fast. Yeah. I wasn't even, like, overwhelmed with the performance of the uh, Bengals' offensive line. Like, this was Browning. This was him uh, doing what he needed to do, playing like a real starting caliber quarterback. You know, they gave him enough time to, to get the job done, but it wasn't like they were putting on a master class against this Jacksonville front. Um, really impressive. The Jacksonville offense, to their credit, they also held their own. Uh, you know, even despite those injuries, they put up 31 points. Jacksonville's defense, though, did not have a good day. They looked like Swiss cheese throughout this game, uh, getting carved up by Sir Browning. Really impressive. The run game for Cincinnati as well with uh, Mixon and Brown. Um, they they both found gaping holes throughout the night. They did, and. Uh... You know, Jake Browning with this performance added himself to elite company. Over the last 20 years, only six quarterbacks have thrown for over 350 passing yards in a game and have had 85-plus percent completion rate. Those quarterbacks are Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, so three Hall of Famers, Lamar Jackson. Going to be a Hall of Famer. Mitchie's favorite, Justin Herbert, and uh, the one and only Jake Browning. That's crazy. So how about that? Yep. Forget Joe Burrow. Is Jake Browning the quarterback of the future at Cincinnati? <laughs> Jake Browning. Add him to the list of quarterbacks Bring him to better Pittsburgh. than uh, Adam Adam to the list of quarterbacks better than Justin Herbert. I'll take him in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Come on. Oh man. 
We got to step aside, though, coming up here. We do. 30 seconds till uh, the top of the hour. So, great first hour. Yep. A lot of MLB talk. We talk Thursday night football. Monday night football. Uh, Monday night football. When we come back for hour number two, we're going to go in full-on in-depth predictions for the weekend ahead in the NFL. A lot of exciting matchups going on. A lot of pivotal games to be taking place. Shaping divisional races, wildcard races, and everything in between. Such a great weekend upcoming We're waiting all day NFL. for Sunday night. That's that. That's your take. Yes, we are. A couple of, I think, two Monday night games this week. Actually, are there? So, is this one of those weird weeks? I don't know. We're viewing over break. We'll be back for hour number two. Heavy hitters on KUR. And welcome into hour number two of heavy hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, bringing you through this Friday afternoon. That feels great to say. Our first ever show on a Friday, I believe, Jack. Woo! And uh, it's going well so far. I got a little pep in my step. So hour number far, one. We talked so MLB. Good. Uh, we talked some uh, NFL recaps this week. Monday night football, Thursday night football. Now we're going to get into this Sunday slate. And uh, we'll save the Monday previews for Monday's show, which I believe will still be happening. Uh, and we should also probably have a Wednesday show next week as well. I don't know if I told Jack that. Um, professor decided to tell us yesterday we have a Thursday final. Yippee. Oh, so you are staying here. Yes, I am. So we will have here. two shows next week. Let's go. Wow. And they're in for the touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Brandon. Brandon Gordon. Brandon Gordon. He's in the for a cowboy touchdown. He's, he's a place where you grow things in New York, a garden. <laughs> and the pass is intercepted. And it's intercepted at the 18 yard line. It's Darius Slay. You know what he sounds like? Um, do you remember that clip? It's, I think it's Sean McDonough. Um, when uh, the Eagles were playing the uh, at the time Redskins on Monday Night Football 2017, mm-hmm. and they're coming after it, and they uh, line up after as if they're coming after him, and they do, and they've got him this time. Wentz will be escaping from the 18 yard line. How in the world did that happen? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like they were all over him. That was crazy. Huh. <laughs> that was the Mac Hollins game. Oh yeah, how's the man behind the defense? Mac Collins, yeah. Oh my god, I remember that game so vividly. Yeah, right. Because I was, th- I believe, I was down at uh, the uh, University Penn Hospital for that game. Why? Uh, my grandfather. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that it was years ago. So hey, it's it's look great guy. Sucks, but that stuff happens. It man. does, man. It happens to everybody. It's unfortunate. Cancer, uh, cancer affects a lot of families across America each year. So. It does. It does it's have really had my experience with them? So, yeah, that was so. But five years ago, uh, yeah, right. Wow, that's crazy. six six years ago. So, yeah, he was. Yeah, that was tail end of twenty seventeen. Yep. So, and we're at the tail end of twenty. What are we? Twenty three right now? Yeah. Huh. All right. So that's crazy. It's gonna be twenty twenty four soon, buddy. But yeah, that yes. was uh, that was a crazy game. Eagles won. It's uh, impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> Yeah, Hasselman behind the defense. That's Mac Hollins, and he starts like, was he like flossing or something? Like he was. Oh yeah, Mac Hollins thought he no, was the man. No, he was doing. Oh, what dance did he do after he got that touchdown? I thought it was the floss. Oh man, look up the. Cl- I think it's the. It floss. might have. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Which is weird that I can see the dance move. Right, like, that rings a bell. Yeah, that was he. <laughs> what an ego! He had like four catches that year. <laughs> But he's like flexing on everybody. Did he have like a twelve catch game this year for the Raiders? Oh man, that's funny. I think so. Wow, wow. They, dude, if you look at the twenty seventeen Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers, it's headlined by Alshon Jeffrey, 
Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Mac Hollins. They had elite receivers. How did that team win? That's how good uh, Carson Wentz was. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. Great memories. But how did I get on Mac Hollins at all? Uh, Eagles. No. No, I don't think so. Oh, we were talking about uh, Brandon Gordon. Brandon Gordon, yeah. Brandon, yeah, go out in the garden and get some of the strawberries. Okay. <laughs> Look, you're a man of many talents with the accents. New York is the one you should just. Oh. I was I was reminiscing with Abby today. Remember when we walk into that uh, the deli in New York? And Abby's laughing in the other room, and Jack goes in a split second. He goes, "All right, guys, let's uh, let's get ordered." And the guy comes out. He goes, "Hey, what do you have in here?" And Jack immediately goes, "Hey, yeah, give me a yeah." Because okay, okay, okay. In context, <laughs> you guys all got chicken fingers and fries you went first from a deli. You no, know, I did not. You did. Yes, you did. You were the first. You're like, give me the. Uh, no, I don't think so. Hey, the, the number five there. No, no. You know why I didn't go first? Because I remember the interaction with the guy at the counter. I'm like, yeah, these all these guys got chicken fingers or fries. Then I'll take like, and I got an actual. I think sandwich. that's when you paid for it, buddy. <laughs> I think that's when you went to the register. Oh my! You went. You totally walked in first, and you were like, hey, yeah, hey, give me the uh, number five there. I brought it home. <laughs> It was good. I, I don't even remember what I got, actually. It was, oh, it was some sandwich. Gee, you don't say. I don't know. I remember I what I a, got. I went to a deli and got some sandwich. Yeah, Mitch, you want to know why you remember what you got? Because that takes up 60% of your diet. I have SPD, sir. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get into the NFL games here. Bucks and Falcons kicking it off 1 p.m. on Sunday Big time NFC South showdown um, here, Mitchie, between two teams who still have a shot at their respective division title. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this one? You first, buddy. Okay. I always go first. Fine. I don't uh, want to be rude. I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers to win this game. Um, they're just going to find a way, I think, on the road. Baker and these receivers are going to be able to do enough to get it done in a 21-17 type of game. 21-17. Give me the Bucks to win. Keep yeah. them keep their playoff hopes alive. I also feel like the Bucks are the best team in this division. Uh, I just feel that way. Why did I say it like that? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jack just went first, uh, just like he did at the deli. Ah. <laughs> that was my plan. Yes. Um, yeah, I also think the Bucks win a close one, three or four points. Um, I don't know. Also, uh, they're running back. Who is that? Uh, what's his Rashad name? Rashad White. Rashad White, yeah. For some reason, I, I wanted to say Rashid James, but that's a receiver for the uh, Saints. <laughs> Richie James? Rashid, like, oh, Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid. I don't know. Maybe I'm complaining. Com- I can't think right now. What is wrong with me? Yeah, Rashad White. He's actually been really good on the ground as well and through the air. I think he's a he's a really cool option that they have. I just feel like there's more offensive firepower on the uh, on the books. So give me uh, Tampa to win All right. and uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. We agree there. Let's go to Cincinnati talking about the red hot Jake Browning, but also the Colts who have been red hot. I think Oof. they've won five in a row. It's a clash of the Titans here. Whoever thought that Minshew Browning would be a marquee matchup? Here we are. I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game. I think Jake Browning can build up some momentum. They're at home. A couple of key injuries for the Colts. They're without uh, Jonathan Taylor once again. 
Uh, and I believe their left tackle, starting left tackle, is out for this game. Um, so a couple of key injuries there. I'm going to go with the Bengals to make it two in a row, improve to seven and six, and stay right in the mix of the AFC playoff race. I think Browning was a flash of the pan against Jacksonville. I think that the Colts have uh, some still some great rushing capability with Zach Moss. Uh, they have good receivers as well. I like what Pittman's doing this year, and I think their defense is going to come to play. I think they're going to take kind of the, the hype out of the Browning balloon here. Give me, uh, give me the Colts to win this one. All righty. We differ there. So we both have the Bucks. We split with the Colts and Bengals. Let's go to Jags-Browns in Cleveland. Ugh. For me, this is all dependent on if Trevor Lawrence plays. Absolutely. If Lawrence plays, the Jags win. If he doesn't, they lose. With the up-in-the-air status of Lawrence, I don't think they're going to rush him back for one game. They'd rather have him for the rest of the year, sit him out a week. I think they're going to do that, and I think the Browns are going to win this game because of C.J. Beathard being the Jags quarterback. Said no one ever. <laughs> I think they're going to win because of C.J. Beathard. Um, no, the Browns are going to win because oh C.J. oh 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 I misunderstood what you were saying. Um, yeah, I was I was shocked for a hot second. Yeah. Um, the Browns are going to win because they're playing a backup quarterback who's not that good. Yeah, I mean uh, he came out of Iowa. C.J. Beathard gave me one of my favorite calls, and it's by Kenny Albert. Um, same year, twenty seventeen. I was actually at this game. It was like a rainy game between the Eagles Niners and mm-hmm. uh, Beathard. He goes Beathard throws. Picked off by Jalen Mills! And then he ran it back to the, with just the hype in Kenny's voice. He was like, he was fired up, as was I. Eagles routed him, by the way. And uh, did I, I think I've told you this story on air before. There was a guy sitting literally right behind my eardrum every single play because we were behind the 49ers bench. Their coach is Kyle Shanahan. Kyle! You're 0-7! He was a Niners fan that was not happy with the direction of the franchise. <laughs> well, little did he know he's <laughs> gonna be he's been very happy for a lot of years after that. I mean, they haven't won anything. No, but being consistently good usually makes you happy. Eagles knocked them out. So um but I'm gonna go with an upset. Give me Bethard. I like the Jags uh options around him. I'll also no Kirk, by the way, too. Yeah, I know, but I think Ridley, Zay Jones, uh um, ETN. Couldn't yeah. think of it. Travis ETN. Uh, You're having a name problem. I am. I'm really struggling today, and I don't know why. But I think the Jags have some some good players around Beathard that'll uh, that'll alleviate the stress on him. Give me a bounce back for the Jags after that loss to the Brown, uh, not the Browns, the Bengals. Uh, Both in Ohio. Yeah. So. Somewhere in Ohio. All right. We both differ there. Let's go to New York to pick that game. But first, before we do, we have a message from the KUR and open contention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find the live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back into an NFL talk. Texans, Jets at MetLife Stadium. Mitch, who do you got in this one and why? Blowout for the Texans. They're the better team all around, even without Tank Dell. Uh, the Jets just are not a good football team. So this one's super simple for me. I got the Texans in a, in a clean, clean victory. 
No Tank Dell, which is going to hurt a little bit for the Texans, but no problems for them in this one. They're going to go to 8 and 5, get a big win against the Jets. No spoiler yeah. in this one for New York. They're going yeah. to drop to 4 and 9. The Texans are going to go to 8 and 5. Nico Collins is going to build off his great week uh from last weekend. Um and and I think we could see either any of the combination of Noah Brown and Robert Woods uh and possibly maybe even John Mechie as well could be a Shot in the dark, or a dark horse name there in that wide receiver room to step up in this one. Texans win it in a gritty fashion. I'm not going to go with blowout. I'm going to go 23 to 14. I got 27 to 11. Wow, that's so weird. I know. But yeah, give me the, uh, yeah, give me the, uh, the Texans there. All right. As you would say. Rams and Ravens. Yeah, give me the Texans. Come on. Come on. Don't worry about it. The Texans are going to route them. Don't worry, a C.J. Stroud when about it. You see that it. quarterback for the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson. He's horrible. Don't worry, a Stroud. It. All right, Rams and Ravens, Lions and Bears. These are two quick ones to me, so we'll package deal them together. Um, I think the Ravens are going to blitz the Rams in this game. It's a great spot. The Ravens are at home. Yes, the Rams have been playing better lately, but no Tyler or doubtful Tyler Higby. To me, way. it doesn't much matter in this one. The Ravens are the better team. Yeah, the Ravens blow are way off better. The field. They're they're my pick to win the AFC. Uh, Give me the Ravens over the Rams, and give me the Lions over the Bears. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions as well. Uh, they're going to you know, show that that game at home was a fluke, where they only beat the Bears by a couple. They're going to route them this time, uh, the Lions, to win comfortably in Chicago. All right, let's go down to the Bayou. Another NFC South showdown. Panthers taking on the Saints. Uh, not much to deliberate here in my mind. The Saints are going to win this one. I don't care how bad they've been playing lately. The Panthers are just that much worse. Saints improved to 6-7. Upset of the week. <laughs> Give me the Panthers to get their second one. Hun, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? I wore a Panthers hat this week. I got ridiculed for it being, quote, too bright. Um, no, Carolina, Bu- Carolina Blue is a beautiful color. And uh, they're going to beat them in the bayou. Give me the uh, give me the hapless Panthers over those pure little Saints. All right, I'm gonna go with my upset of the week next. I'm gonna go with the Las Vegas Raiders, the Raiders. to take down the Vikings at home. I think this is an upset opportunity. I think the Raiders have been playing harder under Coach Pierce than they were under Josh McDaniels. Uh, and I don't really love what the Vikings got going on offensively right now. Yes, they're getting Justin Jefferson back in this game, but they got to get that quarterback situation figured out. Um, it's g- December. Give me, give me the Raiders to win this game at home. I think Justin Jefferson is one of those uh, transcendental. That's not like a word. Yes, it is. It is, but it's not like the word I'm looking for. Generational? No, it's like... Uh, Transcending stars. Transcendent. Yeah, one of those transcendent talents that can elevate um, those around him. I think he's just that elite player uh, the Raiders won't be able to match up against. I don't really care who's throwing to him. They're going to be able to throw to him all day long. Having him back is so important. Give me the Vikings to get the win over the Raiders. All right. Seahawks and Niners. Niners. In San Francisco, the Niners are going to crush him. The Seahawks just don't match up well against San Francisco. Um, you know, especially at the lines of scrimmage. Uh, and for that reason, the Niners are, will blow them off the field. The reason they're favored by 11, they're going to win, they're going to cover. The Niners will continue to prove why they're the best team in football going to 10-3. and three. And Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy will continue to play well. I don't want to talk about that. I don't like him. He's a bum. He's a loser. 
and get ready for Seattle to expose Brock Purdy. They will have, I believe I said four on the Monday show, they will have three interceptions of your Purdy little Brock. And they will cover, and they will, can I say it? Ah, I don't know if I can, they're going to win! They're going to beat the Niners. They're going to beat the 49ers. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to go absolutely berserk in this game. Berserk. Berserk uh, in this game. I don't care. I think uh, divisional matchups, it's hard to sweep. It's all. It's especially hard to sweep when, Not with this one. when both are playoff caliber teams. I think the Seahawks find a way to scratch out a victory. It's going to take those turnovers, though. Uh, look for the Seahawks to capitalize on the turnover battle in this one. I have a shocking... I guess this would be my upset of the week, then. Screw the Panthers. This is my upset of the week. All that hype about beating the Eagles is going to go out the little window for San Francisco. Into the bay, under the bridge of Golden Gates. See you, Niners. Our friend Mitch is a little bit lost here. Nope. But... We will go through the rest of these NFL games when we come back here on Heavy Hitters, now number two on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Hour number two, Heavy wow, Hitters, and he's in for the touchdown, Greg Olson. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey on his way to a monster performance. You know what my favorite uh, clip in Madden is? It's, uh, you know how they have, like, just the same voice uh, clips on repeat, right? <laughs> it's like when you're running and you like slip a couple of tackles. <laughs> There's one where uh, where Brandon Godin, man, will go, uh, oh, he slips another one. And then <laughs> Charles Davis, just while you're still running, goes, you would think the first one learned for, or the second learned from the first. <laughs> just, I don't know why. He just him interjecting like that. He never does it anywhere else in the game. It's just so funny. Anyway, I'm sorry. Sorry for having opinions. Getting the silent treatment over here from Jack. <laughs> and he is not speaking. Jack Heim. Ordering first at the deli. <laughs> How long? We don't have that much time left in the show. <laughs> Let's go to Kansas City. Um, Kansas City, Missouri, not known for their delis, but for their barbecue. Um, anyway. Are they? Yes, they are. Really? Yep. I didn't think Kansas City was really known for anything. Um, they have pretty good barbecue down there. So some people say, and I think it's uh, survey says. Anyway, uh, well, we're gonna get a uh, matchup of one that we've seen quite frequently in the playoffs between two teams who have been rather successful over the past couple of years. It's Josh Allen and the Bills, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs meeting once again at Arrowhead Stadium, a house of horrors, if you will, for these Buffalo Bills. Um, let's see who's coming out on top in this game. I'll tell you why. Right off the rip. It is going to be Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Oh, goodness. Getting the win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Because of injuries, actually. Uh, the Chiefs have a lot of guys who are not playing in this game. Isaiah Pacheco, Drew Tranquil, Brian Cook, and Donovan Smith all out for this game for Kansas City. The injuries are going to they're starting to add up. The receiver room is not good. The Bills are going to find a way to get a big-time win and prove the 7-6 and six they need it because if they fall to six and seven, they're looking bleak. They do need it, but look at what happens to the Chiefs if they lose this game. Eight and five, and the Broncos with the win could be a game back in the division, right? So I mean, who would have thought? Both teams are desperate, um, 
and I just I struggle to see Buffalo pulling this one out. But I feel like you're right. I feel like they have what it takes uh, to do it this time around. The Chiefs are the weakest they've been in in recent memory. And, uh, you know, it, it starts with that receiver room. Add on those injuries, right? Pacheco is one of the bright spots on offense. He's not going to be playing. Mahomes is really going to have to do it himself this week. And uh, the Bills, they have some potency to them. Uh, they can play very, very well. They have, you know, a tremendous receiver in Stephon Diggs. Uh, I, I love what uh, Dalton Kincaid is doing. He's proving every single week, week in and week out, that uh, Skip Bayless was right for feeling so depressed when the Bills jumped the Dallas Cowboys to go grab him. Yeah, I, I think Buffalo's going to win this game. As much as I came into it uh, at the beginning of the week thinking it was a Chiefs victory, uh, I've totally uh, swapped my position on it. I got the Bills getting a big win over the Chiefs. And this AFC playoff picture is just in chaos at this moment. It is. I, this, this is why I love the AFC, and it's a gazillion times better than the NFC. What a horrible right now. that is. The NFC is just trash. It's right been now. trash the past couple of years. Um, look. The Bills are going to – I think they're going to win pretty handedly too. I know it's bold to say, but I like the Bills. My gut's telling me the Bills are going to win this game by a lot. By double digits, my, one might say. Careful. They might go from winning by a lot to losing a tight race. And I know I'm putting my faith in a head coach that's in the midst of controversy. But, um, yeah, the Bills are going to win this game. Give me a Gabe Davis anytime touchdown. Okay. Big game, Gabe. He had four of them against the Chiefs in the playoffs uh, 2021. He did. I mean, he went crazy in that game. He did. (laughs) Yes. It was a crazy game. And he still lost, which is hilarious. All right. Final 4 p.m. game, Broncos and Chargers. Who you got in this one? I got the Broncos because the Chargers are not a good football team, and they do not have a good quarterback. Broncos have the better quarterback in this game. Broncos have the better team. Um, yeah, I know it's a divisional matchup. It'll be it'll be fairly close. Uh, but I have the Broncos winning this game. How about you, you Justin Herbert lover? Yeah, I got the Chargers. Uh, not the Chargers. I have the Broncos winning this game uh, as well. You you said Justin Herbert, and you twisted me up there. Um, give me the Broncos to win this game. Bounce back. I don't like the Chargers at all. This team is horrible. Horribly coached. Horrible everything. Just a terrible, terrible franchise. And uh, the Broncos are going to win this game because of it. Yeah, I agree. Glad we see eye to eye there, buddy. All right, let's go on to it. Sunday night football. The Eagles are going to beat the hell out of Dak and the boys. It's Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles traveling down to Jerry's world to take on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. A big-time NFC showdown, only fitting it's on Sunday night football. The Eagles favored, no, not favored, uh, three-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. What? Three-and-a-half-point What are we on? What are we smoking, dudes? Three-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. Yo, Vegas dudes, what are we smoking, yo? Oh, man, you're putting them as dogs, dude? Don't you know? Is that how Vegas people talk? I don't know. It's, I feel like that's more California. Man, it's Cal- it's like trying to mimic I'm trying to do like a, a crush the turtle, you know? You so totally rock. I think he's in Florida. 
Or is he in California? Well, he's currently in Florida. He might be in both. He kind of transfers back and forth. But uh, depends on where you buy your tickets. Uh, <laughs> but no, he's actually from the EAC, the East Australian Current, which, uh, by the way, sounds like a – I want that to be a college football conference. Coming out of the EAC. It's the Sydney Wolverines. The Sydney Kangaroos would be more like it. I don't know why I went to Wolverines. But the Eagles are not going to lose this football game, believe me. The Eagles are better than the Dallas Cowboys. They're getting Dallas Goddard back. They signed Shaq Leonard. I got to check on Zach Cunningham um, because it would be great to have him back from the hamstring problem. I'm not sure where he is on the injury report, though. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. But the Eagles... Questionable. Okay, questionable. So there's a chance he plays. There is. The Eagles have the better offensive line. They have the better receivers. They have the better defensive front. They're going to win in the trenches all game long. They're going to clean up the mistakes from last game, where they beat Dallas, by the way. They're going to get it done. Mark my words. Bounce back performance. They got beaten by the Niners last week. They're going to stomp on the Cowboys' throats. I know I said earlier in this show, sweeps are hard against your divisional opponents, especially when those opponents are both playoff caliber. But they're going to do it against the Dallas Cowboys. Believe me. Believe me. They get one Sunday night football game between the two of these teams uh, each year, usually. And I feel like the Eagles always win it. Uh, Except for that, uh, what was that, a Des Bryant uh, overtime winner? Remember the T.Y. Hilton play last year? Ooh. That ruined my Christmas. Wasn't it like, what, 3rd and 20? 4th uh, and 20. I think 4th and 25. Something like that. Um, maybe it was 3rd. But that wasn't Sunday Night Football. That was actually a 4-25 game. That ruined my Christmas, by the way. The Sunday Night Football game was held in Philly earlier that season. The Eagles won it. Sunday Night Football was held in the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They won it. Uh, Sunday Night... Maybe they lost it in 2018. I can't remember all those years. But... They're going to beat the Cowboys, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't see the Cowboys winning this game. They're going to fold like they always do in the big spots. A chance to get uh, just one game behind the Eagles in the division. They're not going to be able to do it. Dallas loses. Uh, Philly basically locks up the division and uh, almost the conference with a win against the Cowboys. Give me the birds. Give me the birds. I All mean, right. Dallas Goddard coming back is so big. I'm excited to see what Leonard has. I think we're going to start to run the ball more effectively, too. So, I think it's a great offensive showing for the Eagles. The Cowboys are in a good spot coming into this game. The offense is humming. Dak Prescott looks really good. C.D. Lamb is playing on a whole nother level. The defense has room to improve after not a great showing last time against Seattle. For sure. But they've had some really good performances this year. So... With all that being said, you're going the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are in a really good spot to come out on top in this game. Give me Alabama. Give me Philadelphia. Yeah! I knew that's where you were going. Give me the Eagles to break the hearts of Cowboy Nation once again. What's that coming down the track? What's that coming down the track? It's the big old birds to bludgeon Dak. Oh, man. Go, Birds. Go, Go Birds. You got to admit. Go, Birds. You got to admit. I kind of sold you there. You did. A little bit. And then I I was like, wait. 
I've heard that pause before, and that's when I was like, Give me Alabama! Give me Philadelphia! <laughs> yes, buddy. Let's go! Woo! Dallas sucks. Look, it's a great point. Dallas struggled against Seattle. For all that's being made of uh, the Eagles struggling against the Niners, the Niners are a better team! In Seattle, and I know I picked Seattle to beat the Niners. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's kind I don't care. They're a better. I'm saying this right now. 49ers are a better team than Seattle, but there's the Jets beat the Eagles, right? Like I don't care how bad you think the Eagles are, they're not worse than the Jets. All right, we see this all the time. There's going to be that that trip in the asphalt um, for the Niners. Back to Philly and Dallas, though. I think it's a 31-24 victory. I think both offenses do fairly well, move the ball up and down the field. I think Dak gets back to those turnovers, though. I think there's going to be Give me two. Give me two turnovers that the Eagles uh, take the ball away inside their own 30-yard line and uh, take some scoring opportunities away from the Cowboys, uh, keep them whining and whining and whining, and poise them for another second-round defeat in the playoffs. I mean, look, the Eagles are a high-powered team. I don't care. Like I, This is why I was so calm after the Niners lost. Because the Eagles are still a good team, okay? Great offensive line. Great receivers. They're getting their great tight end back. They have great playmakers in the secondary, right? Every team has its its little weaker spots, right? But this team also has great pass rushers that haven't lived up to their potential. I think the defensive line for Philly is where it all starts this weekend. Uh, look for a couple early sacks, play some field position, get a couple early fields, uh, to put some early points on the board and watch the Eagles to capitalize on their early scoring drives, turn field goals into touchdowns, unlike last week when they started out with two field goals, set the tone for the rest of the game. I think Philly learned from that San Francisco game. I think they come out extremely hungry. We see this with teams. Once they get winning and winning and winning, they get a little bored of winning, right? And then they get lackadaisical. And uh, I think Philly comes out with a great response. I think it's 31-24, a late touchdown from Dallas, keeps it from being a two-score game. Uh, give me the birds. Yeah, I said give me Philadelphia. Uh, and I think I echo a lot of the same things you just said. But for me, look, they weren't going to escape this stretch without a loss. Right? Exactly, right? We all talked about the gauntlet. It had to It had to come at some point. Of course. The Niners caught them in, in a good situation, I think, that, you know, despite going into Philly's house. Philly had no linebackers. They didn't have a tight end. By the way, can I just say that Morrow guy is not good? <laughs> you mean the guy that has like a million fumble recoveries and yeah. sacks this year? No, no, he's not good. <laughs> Nicholas Morrow, former Pittsburgh Steeler. You don't think he's good? Oh, yeah, that's why. Um, <laughs> the name sounded familiar from somewhere. Yeah. So, No, um, I, I, I think he's awful, but he's been everywhere. Um, I think, who were we also missing? Were we also missing Alex Singleton? Um, um, ew. That was so <laughs> weird. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to give you my reason why I'm picking the Eagles. Great bounce back game. I don't care. It's on the road. Me neither. Do the they Cowboys play awesome in Jerry Do world. the Cowboys scare me? Hell no. Hell no. The Cowboys don't scare me. You know why? Because it's the Cowboys and they're getting close. It's the, the later portions of the season. It does not matter to me. The Eagles are going to win this game. Dak's going to throw a couple of interceptions. That's what I'm saying right there. He's going to throw a couple of interceptions because he's Dak Prescott. Exactly. And he loves to turn the football over. In the words of Patrick Starr, the truth will be revealed. And I know the Eagles defense has had a little bit, uh, had a little bit of issues this year. But it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go with the Eagles to win it 38-30. to 30. Ooh. Okay. All right. We both got the birds scoring 30-plus. I like that. I like that a lot, bro. 
I, I think this is going to be such a high energy game. Watch the uh, watch the security guards on the sideline. You know they might be uh, getting involved once again. This is gonna, I think there's going to be some real real passion. This is I think people underestimate how intense the Philly Dallas rivalry is. San Francisco was never a bigger rivalry than Philly and Dallas. Okay, come on. What are we talking about? Eagles fans, we hate San Fran more than Dallas. No, we don't. Dallas sucks. There's a reason we call it Dallas Week around here. Because we hate them with every fiber of our little green beings, okay? Dallas is the worst. Dallas is going to get run over by Philadelphia. Run over. It's going to be beautiful. Dallas got run over by the Eagles. (laughs) Thinking they could win the division this year. (laughs) You can say there's no such thing as uh, as a good Dak Prescott. And as for me and Grandpa, we agree. Sing it, Grandpa. I love that song, <laughs> right? You know, you know how it goes. Birds are going to defeat the uh, the little cowboys, and uh, Josh Toot isn't going to show his face in the studio afterwards. Oh, I'm busy for finals. No, you're not. We know what's going on. We know what's going on. Yeah, Buddy's just ashamed. Yeah, it's okay, Josh. I'd be ashamed too if my team was as bad as yours. Yeah, if I was a Cowboys fan. Try winning a Super Bowl imagine? in the last thirty years. Buddy. Yeah, Buddy. <laughs> Get out of the 90s, dude. Yeah, please. G- g- come to the present day with the rest of us. Exactly, dude. The Dallas fans are like the uh, they're like the football representation of like Gen X, you know, where it's not like they're not like elderly, but they're definitely not living in the modern day. I got a question for you. Yeah. Okay, so out of like the professional sports and you can rope college in there, what's like the worst combination of teams to be like a fan of? Uh, all of it's Dallas uh, Cowboys. Yep. It's the Yankees. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, what do we need? NHL. Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, what am I missing? NBA. Uh, Lakers. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, Cowboys, Lakers. Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Tell me your bandwagon without telling me. Exactly, right? And you Bama. know what? I also, yeah, Bama too. Also a little bit of Michigan. Yeah, Michigan fans irritate the hell out of me. They're just so annoying. Yeah. Your things like go big blue, really? That's all you could come up <laughs> go with. Go big blue, man. Yeah, more like little blue. Oh, yeah. I don't like either team that's playing in the one of the college football semifinal games. I don't like Alabama. I don't like in Alabama. I don't like Alabama. And I'm going to be like honest. Pat McAfee made me like Alabama a hell of a lot more. That was so Pat funny. McAfee is an electric he's person great. to have on the game day panel, but. Uh, what happened just then? <laughs> Alabama and the playoff committee, or no, it's not really Alabama's say, but the playoff committee is dead to me. Give me Alabama. I hate Michigan. Oh, God. The playoff committee said, give me Alabama. Am I going to have to root for Alabama? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you are. I'm going for wa- I want Washington. I want Washington to win, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me Washington. Give me Washington. <laughs> Touchdown, Washington. Give me the Huskies. All righty. Well, that'll take us to our final break of today's show. When we come back, we will round out our NFL discussion, talking about the two. Um, oh, actually, no, wait. We don't have to do that. No, we don't. We have a Monday, Monday show. show. I've tried, so, to, I tried to tell you that. Well, I got a little too, a little bit too uh, Overambitious, buddy. We, so, we have some other NFL headlines to we talk do. about. Other NFL headlines, uh, and we'll sprinkle in a couple tidbits of uh, NHL and maybe some collegiate sports, if time permits. Uh, but plenty more to talk about on Heavy Eaters when we come back. Welcome in to Heavy Hitters. With the best song on the planet, Mitchell Smedley, Jack, I'm with you on this Friday afternoon. 
Abby Riggs is throwing her two cents in from the couch. So lazy. You can turn the volume down now, bud. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was getting there. Calm down. <laughs> Give me some time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Jeez oh, Louise. You'll get around to it. You're like Jalen Hurts in the pocket. Oh, I'll just wait a little bit longer. I'll wait a little bit longer. Now I'll run backwards 20 yards. Oh, I got sacked. How did that happen? Buddy's, buddy's judgmental. How in the right. world did that happen? Oh, man. What a weird time in the NFL. We have security guards getting in fights with players. And we have Sean Payton. Do you want to explore this a little bit? Sean Payton? Sean Payton? Is that, that who you it's told? Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. I'm sorry. The coach of the Bills. Wrong Sean, man. Um, wh- Where do you begin? This is not good. No, no. This is really bad. And this surfaced, I mean, this is from 2019. Doesn't matter when it surfaced. Doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Um, in an article from The Athletic um, by Tim Graham, and it says, author of the article, Tim Graham and The Athletic staff. So everyone pitching in. <laughs> everyone wrote one word. <laughs> Every, everyone pitching in. Um, I Actually, no, does that only mean like the, uh, the members of the staff that can run a good 40 time? Because it said The Athletic staff. Ah, uh, yeah. Not the, not the lazy staff, right? Abby would not be a part of this article. <laughs> what? Well, she's sitting on the couch over there. Oh, I just I just didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said Abby would not be a part of this article. Ah, uh, he's calling you unathletic. Yeah. How do you feel about that? No comment. No comment. She has a lot of comments on uh, Brock Purdy. Abby, what do you think? Can and you come Patrick over Mahomes. here? Can and you come Patrick over here Mahomes. and tell us what you think of Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes? I don't know if I should give my opinion after you've been bullying me the Not bullying you. Time. Not bullying you. I hate Patrick Mahomes. Boo. How could you say that about Kermit the Frog here? And I think Brock Purdy is overrated because he did nothing to even beat the Great Eagles. Take. Great take. It that was McCaffrey was... who did everything, Thank but you. he took the credit. Only threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns. Because all of that came on Debo Samuel after contact. Oh my goodness, maybe, Abby, you're a genius. A maybe make you a are tackle. so you are so smart. Do you know that? Does anyone ever tell you that? <laughs> I like that question. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go into a Trump question. No, I wasn't. You know why? Because Brock Purdy doesn't deserve my Trump impression. He's not fantastic. He's fake news. Mitch, can I ask you a question? Why fake do you, news, why Purdy. Why do you hate Jalen Hurts? Because he's annoying and stupid and a bad football player. Um, and he talks like uh, you, yeah, you do, know, man. Do, like, do you hate him for like, any off the field? No. Reasons? No. Well, he did try. To, he tries to talk about politics, which irritates the hell out of me. That's what irritated me about uh, about Green Bay guy, Rogers? Aaron Rodgers. Right. I don't like when my when my athletes start getting into politics. It makes it unfun for me. Right. And, and Jalen Hurts, like, just listen. Have you ever listened to Jalen Hurts speak, Abby? Yes, I have. It's like, yeah, man. Like, hey, I was thinking, like, it's a really, like, you know, beautiful day outside. It's like, you know, I don't what? think. There's anything wrong with that, though. There is something wrong with that. It's annoying and it's boring. I like people that have some flair when they speak. You're going to hate on a person for the way they talk? (laughs) You know what's funny about that? It's one of my favorite songs. It's called The Way I Talk, and it's (laughs) it's a Morgan Wallen song about getting mad at how people judge him for the way he talks. (laughs) No, I just think Jalen Hurts is boring, and he's like... He's he just a walking like T-shirt, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm just always trying to get one percent better, and it's like, yeah, under the next week, just focused on winning. It's like, dude, have some emotion. Like, tell me that like you hate turkey or something funny, you know? Like, I don't know, be entertaining. He's so boring. 
Yes. What are you doing? Um, I, 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 not sure I agree with your point of view, but it is what it he's is. He's annoying and boring and stupid. We all have a right to an opinion. So, um, but let's get back into what we're talking. Sean McDermott with some absolutely disgusting comments yeah. on a in a speech. I guess here's an opinion we don't have to agree with. to motivate the team. Yeah. Um. In an article for the Athletics, McDermott said Thursday. Uh, okay, nope, sorry, started the wrong part. Um, I guess I could start there. McDermott said Thursday regretted the comments he made during the 2019 team meeting, team meeting, which were reported in a story from Go Long that was published uh, earlier on Thursday and cited seven sources. According to Go Long, McDermott uh, said, "In quote, um, again, this was a tactic to motivate the team." I'm gonna, gonna, just going to state this first, but um, that the hijackers. Of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, uh, you refer to them as a group of people who are all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. I mean, that's just wild. I mean, that's unbelievable. Mitch, do you have any, any thoughts on those comments? It's unreal for several reasons. At least reasons. be speechless. Let's talk first. Let's, let's break this down. First of all, A, it's insensitive to the victims. 2,997 of them, by the way, killed in those attacks and countless more in the conflicts that followed. B, it's disrespectful to all of those first responders that had to respond to that incident, right? Many of them losing their lives. C, I mean, it is it is just, it's insensitive. This is a team that's based in New York, by the way. This is the Buffalo Bills. Fairly close to New York City where all of this happened. You know, the only football team that is located in New York, despite two other teams having exactly. a New York name. Exactly. It is, I mean, how many of these guys, of other coaches, right, have family ties in the area, right, to people that may have been affected by it? You don't know who you're talking to, who's experienced something with that. It's the worst day in American history. And, I mean, let, let's, can we spin this around maybe? Let's talk about the, the tactical team's that went in and took down the leaders that coordinated these awful attacks. Let's talk about how they work together. How they work together for freedom and for our country and for our people. And they went in there and they took down the evil people, not civilians. They didn't take down two buildings. They took down military compounds that housed bin Laden and the rest of these heinous people. Why not shed a light on them? Why are you talking about literal terrorists who committed the most famous terrorist attack in the world and trying to motivate your team with that. I'm not walking away from that motivated as a player in that room. No, that's disgusting. I'm walking away from that as someone who's questioning why he's the morals of my coach. Why he's in a position to lead a group of men. Of anyone. Why he's in a position that he feels... Comfortable enough to back terrorism in front of the rest of us. To, to maybe not back it, but to at least glorify it. It is disgusting. It is outraging. It is confusing. And it has no place in the National Football League. It has no place in the United States of America. And it has no place in the words of anyone who seeks to uphold our values. There's no contextual situation where these comments are warranted anywhere. Absolutely none. I, I mean, it, it makes zero sense. Sean McDermott, I don't care how disappointed you are in yourself, it is... Let me poke another hole in it, by unbelievable the Unbelievable how you can even think to say these things 
uh, in front of a group of people behind closed doors or not. Yes, yeah. I don't care. Absurd. Let me poke that, another that hole. These in words it, by even the way. came out of your mouth because the team that he's talking about that works so well together wasn't even wasn't even that great. Because you know who was able to interrupt it? How about the heroic passengers of Flight United ninety three, who disrupted the attempt to hijack their plane and crash it into who who the hell knows where else? Those heroic passengers, they disrupted that team that you're glorifying right there. They didn't even work that well together. Because Americans and American first responders and American soldiers and American citizens work better than anybody else on this planet. You want to you equate your football team to someone? How about them? How about the people fighting for freedom, not against it, in this world? There's a, just a thought, Sean. Coach. Yeah, I shared everything that you just said. I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, that's just—it's unbelievable that you know you could even think to draw a comparison. How does someone think that's okay? Like, how does exactly. someone go? This, you know what? I got the idea. This is going to motivate everybody. Oh, I got it. No, that's absolutely disgusting. Well, like that's your big genius. Uh... You know, talk to your team. I mean, are we serious? Like, I get mad at at like Nick Sirianni for equating the team to like a flower, right? I remember being mad about that. Is this Harold Flowers' room? This <laughs> is something else. This is just it's it's rude. It's just flat out rude, and it's incomprehensible. Like, why? What what possessed him to say this? Yeah, is this something he thinks frequently? That wow, look at how they work together. I don't understand it. I have no idea, but we need a we need a notebook here. We do. Sorry, I got so off topic. Talking about that, I forgot to read the KUR notebook. Um, from the KUR notebook, KUR has, a, has got a lot of history behind it, from its inception as WKSC and WRKU to the reboot in 2005 to now. KUR history has got you covered, and if that interested you, go ahead and give KUR history a follow over on Instagram at KUR History and uncover the lore behind this long-running station. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Goodstown University. KUR. All right. Final couple minutes of today's show. Discussed a lot. Talked about um, NFL, MLB news, and of course the horrendous comments made by Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Yep. Um, you know, I thought he should be on the hot seat of potentially getting fired. Before this even came out, because of how the Bills were playing on the field, uh, this just only makes me that I much mean, more animated. It, it makes you have to stop wondering why they haven't won anything in the playoffs yeah, recently, exactly. right? Because they're being led by a man that is uh, likening them to terrorists. So, uh, yeah, let's move off this. Uh, got some news, uh, this courtesy of Fox Sports, that apparently the betting line for Shohei Otani is shifting drastically toward the Toronto Blue Jays. So, just changing the topic there. Looks like the betters over in Vegas are favoring Toronto as a landing spot for Shohei. No word yet. My hunch appears to be wrong that we would get to break the Shohei news live on KUR. Yeah, it's unfortunate, buddy. Stay tuned, though. Redneck Rush Hour's on at 5. Maybe it'll happen there. A lot of great shows coming up tonight. We got Redneck at 5. Low Tide. Uh, yes, Low Tide at 6. Let's Talk Lavender, I believe, should be on at 8. Um, so, a lot coming up here. Yeah, keep don't touch that dial. On the night 
for KUR. A lot of great student-based programming coming your way in these next couple of hours. And then we'll have two shows for you next week in the midst of your finals, by the way. Hope that's all going well for everyone. This is like the first semester I have a bunch of actual finals scheduled, like tests. On top of that, I have essays and projects and late homework assignments. Whose fault's that? Me. But, uh, yeah, really busy finals uh, cycle for me this week. How about you, buddy? Yeah, staying busy for sure. A lot of stuff to get done. Listen to KUR. We'll help you get through it. Yeah, exactly. With a great combination of talk and music programming and everything you love. Everything in between. By the way, by the way, couldn't be a sports show without talking about our Golden Bears heading to Colorado to take on Colorado School of Mines tomorrow, uh, 3.30 kickoff, I believe. Yes, 3.30 Eastern time, yes. And, uh, yeah, KU, its first NCAA Division II semifinal game. Uh, takes place tomorrow. Don't miss it. It's uh, I believe it's on ESPN Plus. Uh, KUR will not have that broadcast, unfortunately. I'll be here at the studio watching it. That's for sure, though. I'll be uh, glued to my television. Can't wait. How about you, Jack? You ready? You excited? I'm ready. I think we can win this football game. I honestly do. I picked it on the Bears beat, which, by the way, will cover everything. Uh, Golden Bears football and more on Monday. I think they're doing a show. Don't quote me on that. Finals week is crazy. Tentatively. But they typically do. And, uh, yeah, we'll follow them right after at 5. So we got a great uh, great weekend coming up. Some great football matchups. I'm really excited. Eagles-Cowboys, man. And uh, that Bills-Chiefs game looks great as well. Um, all around. Just very excited. Very excited to see this MLB hot stove ignite. Let's see the Phillies actually make some moves, man. And let's see the Mets continue to get left out. Okay, buddy. <sighs> you like to just, you know, take a jab at every turn. I do. I do, because the Mets are atrocious. So. We got two minutes, though, buddy. We do. How do you want to finish it out? You got any uh, any crazy sports predictions coming up? Um, Just college football transfer report. A lot of big names in it. Cam Ward, uh, quarterback formerly of Washington State. Kyle McCord, the Ohio State quarterback, enters the portal. Um. Let's see, Dante Moore, a highly regarded freshman transfer out of UCLA. A lot of names to watch there. Um, so whenever you say like he enters the portal, I always think of like this guy like in a spacesuit entering like a big wormhole or something. Ah, That's what I think of, you know. So yes, transfer portal heating up big time uh, over on the college spectrum. College basketball continuing to roll on. Arizona and Houston, right near the top of the sport. Um, so that is still amidst the early stages of the college basketball season. I believe Nova's on uh, primetime tonight. Uh, they're 6-4. and four. They have lost some weird games this year. Yeah, they're on primetime tonight, though, So I believe. Taking on, who is it, Kansas? Mm, not tonight. Who does Nova play? They don't play tonight. I swear they do. It's Friday night. Friday night. Um, I'm not seeing them here, buddy. Weird. I'll look into that. What is that? Is that you? Yes. Okay. They play UCLA tomorrow. Interesting. Okay. Maybe so. it's a Saturday. Villanova yeah. six and four. They have losses to Drexel, Kansas State. That's probably their best loss. Um, Penn. Some local teams here. And St. Joe's. Oh, three local teams they lost to. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Yet they've beaten Nor- uh, North Carolina and a couple of other really good teams. So, Well, it's, got, it's the rivalry thing. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it uh, for us. Enjoy your weekend. Go uh, Birds. Sports. Dallas uh, sucks. Plenty of football on Sunday for the NFL. 
Um, MLB Free Agency is going to continue to heat up. Thank you for listening uh, to us for the next two hours. Stick around at KUR Redneck Rush Hour at 5, low tide at 6, and much more the rest of the night. Um, But enjoy your weekend. Hopefully finals are not going too bad for you. We'll be back on Monday with heavy hitters.